You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material. And before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. And we're back for 2023. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist uh, here at ComBank. And for our first podcast of 2023, I have Carol Kong, one of our international economists with me. Carol, nice to have you on and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Belinda, and great to be the guest of the first podcast of the year. Now, we're talking about a very uh, topical issue. While uh, a lot of our listeners were taking a a hard-earned break, a lot of the focus uh, over December and uh, the first couple of weeks of January has been on China's reopening. Now, just a bit of background China has had almost three years of very uh, harsh COVID restrictions. There's been mandatory quarantine, mass testing, citywide lockdowns and and closed international borders through their zero COVID policy. But what we've seen really since early December is a real shift in policy. What's uh, been happening over there, Carol? Yeah, there obviously has been a dramatic pivot uh, from the government in terms of their zero COVID policy. So previously, um, for almost three years, uh, the Chinese government has tried to contain the spread of COVID uh, through various measures, including mandatory quarantine, um, mass testing, city-wide lockdowns and closed uh, international borders. Um, But all of those measures have now been uh, scrapped um, and Since the release of the 10 uh, new COVID guidelines in early December, um, the government has now ended um, PCR testing and uh, and citywide lockdowns and um, encouragingly uh, positive infections are now uh, allowed to quarantine at home and there also aren't any uh, quarantine requirements for inbound travellers. So um, while the government has not officially made an announcement um, on the exit of the uh, zero COVID policy, all the signs are now pointing to the fact that they are committed to reopen uh, their economy and will now exit uh, the very straight uh, COVID control measures. And I think uh, what's important uh, is that uh, President Xi um, has declared victory on COVID as well. So late last he, um, he made a speech to uh, Chinese people and he sort of said um, something like, uh, well, we have optimised our zero control uh, strategy and they have uh, saved people's lives and minimised uh, economic cost. Uh, it is now to move on and we are now entering a new phase in uh, the approach to COVID. Um, but uh, the abrupt uh, reversal of the zero COVID uh, of the zero COVID policy has had a really significant impact on um, the Chinese people as well as the economy, and I'm sure we'll dive more into that um, in a minute. It does sound like quite a chaotic uh, reopening over there in China. We're hearing reports, particularly over the last uh, few days, just at the surge in infections in China, but also uh, the lift in deaths as well. But we know the data around uh, the number of cases uh, is 
makes it very hard to actually gauge the extent of China's current outbreak. Uh, they've also stopped publishing a daily COVID data as well. So I guess, you know, we're, we're here to kind of think about how this impacts not only the Chinese economic outlook, but also how it impacts the global economic outlook as well. What are your thoughts about how the reopening's going to go? And what are some of the, I guess, have they done much preparation in terms of the reopening? So, um, yeah, we don't actually get uh, timely and reliable COVID data anymore from the Chinese government. Um, China's National Health Commission unhelpfully stopped publishing daily COVID data from um, the 25th of December. Um, they've also uh, narrowed the official definition of COVID-related deaths. Um, so, I mean, even if they did uh, release timely data, the data would be... Uh, um, will not be as useful because they have scrapped uh, mandatory mass testing. But we know from new, um, numerous media reports uh, that suggest that uh, there has been a na- nationwide surge in COVID cases and deaths. Um, and uh, there are also reports suggesting that hospitals in uh, a large part of the countries are being overwhelmed. People are also scrambling for antiviral drugs and painkillers. Um, but um, the National Health Commission, uh, they've actually reported that uh, almost 60,000 people have died from COVID-related causes uh, since the government's abandoned the zero COVID um, strategy in early December. Now, um, some people might be concerned that the actual number of deaths may uh, actually be higher than uh the official count, but nonetheless, it is a more realistic um, set of numbers um, than a few dozen deaths uh, that were that were reported uh, previously by the government. And I think a big reason why we're seeing this chaotic reopening um, is reflective of the really poor um, preparation of the healthcare system. So previously, um, we actually had expected the government to um, reverse the zero COVID policy um, after the National People's Congress in March this year, um, mainly because that we thought uh, uh, the elderly population uh, were under-vaccinated and also we thought that the healthcare system uh, would not be able to cope with a large influx of patients. And... These are the uh, exact reasons why uh, we are seeing a massive surge in COVID cases and deaths right now in China. Um, and given the unprepared uh, healthcare system and the rapid rollback of COVID restrictions, um, I think we may not have seen the worst of this COVID outbreak. Um, and the biggest risk event, uh, I guess, is the upcoming Lunar New Year holiday, which starts um, this Saturday. And during this time of year, millions of Chinese people would typically um, go back to their hometowns uh, to celebrate this festival. So given the increase in people's movement, um, there is a risk that it might become a super spreading event um, that will um, in turn cause another surge in uh, cases and deaths. So while we think that the Chinese government is so eager to fully reopen um, is the economy. Uh, we obviously cannot rule out that they might bring back some kind of restrictions um, if their healthcare system uh, cannot cope with the uh, surging COVID cases and deaths. 
So China is now going through the process that a lot of countries around the world have gone through, which is adjusting to living with COVID. We know initially the explosion of COVID cases and and deaths can cause disruption. People may be fearful of going out and, you know, going about their business, going to work, going to the shops and things like that. So it can take time. But also in the near term, we know that the surge in cases can cause issues such as labour shortages uh, just because of the sheer number of cases through close contacts. And in China, this seems to be exasperated because we do have a lot of uh, people that uh, work and live on site so what do you think how do you think China's going to go with living uh, with COVID initially? Yeah so we know from experiences from other major economies that there will likely be some uh, economic disruption uh, during the first few months of reopening as you said we'll likely see um, issues of labour shortages and loss of productivity um, because we know that when people are sick, they obviously will uh, prefer to stay home and um, as a result of that, they might not uh, be able to attend to work. Um, So I think those issues uh, will persist for a number of months at least. Um, And in fact, we just received some Chinese economic data yesterday, Mm -hmm. Q4 GDP um, came in flat. Um, So uh, the Q4 GDP was actually pretty uh, surprising and it uh, beat estimates of minus 1.1%. Nonetheless, uh, for the full year of 2022, the economy actually grew by just 3%. Um, now, that's really low by Chinese standards and we know that it's well below um, the government's 5.5 target and, in fact, it is actually the weakest growth rate um, since the mid-1970s. Um, if we exclude the 2.2% expansion in the first year of COVID of um, 2020. Um, but just on uh, the labour shortages and um, the initial economic disruption, I think those issues will add to global supply chain pressures mm-hmm. and we are seeing some initial signs of that happening. But I don't think any um, renewed supply chain disruptions um, to last long and I think things will start to normalise um, within a few months as uh, the current wave of infections peak and uh, fear of infections subsides. So in terms of um, inflation, I don't think at this stage it will likely uh, add significant pressure to global inflation at the moment. Now, you raise a good point about how weak GDP was in 2022 in China with just around that 3% growth rate well below the government's target. Does that now mean with that shift in COVID policy, do we see more stimulus come through in early 2023 for the government to actually boost GDP growth? China's zero COVID policy uh, had been a really significant growth constraint for the Chinese economy and Previously, they were trying to um, achieve two conflicting goals, um, namely COVID control and economic growth. Um, but now that they have exited uh, this zero COVID policy, they can prioritise um, economic growth. And in fact, at the uh, Central Economic Working Conference in December last year, um, policymakers have really pledged um, to kickstart the economic recovery and focus on boosting consumption in particular. Uh, um, So I think macroeconomic policies this year will continue to be supportive in order to 
make sure that the uh, economy is recovering. Um, and in particular, I think um, there will be some more fiscal policy easing um, to support the economic recovery. Monetary policy uh, will continue to uh, be easy, and I think the People's Bank of China will continue to maintain um, reasonable ample liquidity um, in order to help the recovery in domestic demand. And given that we um, we don't have the zero COVID policy and the straight lockdowns um, as a result, um, I think all of those policy easing uh, efforts will be more effective. So previously, straight lockdowns have really um, made boosting consumption and investment really difficult. And on the other hand, consumer confidence uh, will also recover. And I do think um, consumption this year will be the main driver of China's uh, post-opening recovery. Um, although Q1 2023, uh, which is the current quarter, will likely be uh, pretty sluggish and we are likely to some more um, weak economic data from China um, during this quarter. But from Q2 onwards, I think uh, China's economy will likely rebound pretty significantly. Um, and uh, we are actually seeing some improvements in uh, some of the high-frequency data that we monitor, such as metro rise and road traffic. So it is uh, looking pretty promising at the moment. Um, and I think the Chinese government is well aware that it is important to um, derive growth from domestic consumption given the weakening global backdrop um, on our forecast. Um, we think the US, the UK, Eurozone and Japan will enter recession or let or um, slow down really materially um, this year. So export growth will unlikely be a growth driver at its one plus in 2020. And on the other hand, in infrastructure investment, uh, although it will be pretty robust, um, overall fixed asset investment will likely um, be capped because of what's happening in the property sector. So, in particular, real estate uh, real estate investment will continue to be pretty pretty st- uh, slow to recover as well. Um, there are, of course, a lot of uncertainty still. Um, in particular, we still don't know what's going to happen with uh, with the virus. There might be a new COVID variant, um, and that might cause a significant worst health outcome and uh, delay a minimal recovery in Chinese recovery. And on the upside, uh, the public sector might rebound more quickly than we expect. Uh, we have already seen some more easing uh, measures from the government on the property sector in particular. Um, there are some reports saying that they have eased the three red line policy. Um, so if the property sector is able to rebound more quickly, that will pose some upside risk to um, China's economic recovery as well. So overall, we still think um, it is likely that uh, the Chinese economy uh, will achieve about 5% growth in 2022, uh, 2023. Um, but that's given if there are no setbacks in the plan to fully recover, uh, reopen its economy.
It's going to be uh, an interesting uh, couple months to watch how China copes with this reopening, uh, as you said, just after three years of, of very strict uh, restrictions and lockdowns and, and a real change in mindset uh, for the Chinese people. So it'll definitely be one of the key themes that we're watching in coming months. Carol, thank you so much for coming on for the first podcast of 2023. No doubt we'll chat to you soon. Thanks very much. Thanks, Belinda. Now, you can read Carol Kong's report on the implications of China's reopening, which was published on the 11th of January 2023 on combankresearch.com.au.